It's Thursday, July 8th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. Facial recognition systems are the next target for hackers trying to commit identity fraud and also claim unemployment benefits. From June 2020 to January 2021, there were more than 80,000 attempts to fool the selfie step when trying to claim unemployment benefits. Analysts also say that the fastest growing type of financial crime is known as synthetic identity fraud, where fraudsters use AI to combine features from different faces to create a new identity. Parmi Olson, technology reporter at The Wall Street Journal, joins us for how hackers are trying to fool facial recognition with masks and artificial intelligence. Next, local residents near Seneca Lake in upstate New York are protesting a Bitcoin mining operation they say is polluting the air and heating the lake. A gas-fired power plant is currently operating there and using the energy it produces to run at least 8,000 computers for the energy-intensive mining of the digital currency. Not everyone is angry at the power plant, however, as it has created jobs and provided some economic benefit. Still, residents are worried that the lake is overheating and that other similar operations could pop up. Gretchen Morganson, senior financial reporter for the NBC News Investigative Unit, joins us for how mining for Bitcoin can impact the environment. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. Something like 80,000 attempts had been made. These We're talking people with masks, literally wearing masks, trying to fool this step in uh, the state unemployment agency app. Instead of showing their face, they show a mask. And some of them were actually getting through. Joining us now is Parmi Olson, technology reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for joining us, Parmi. Thank you for having me. Let's talk facial recognition and how a lot of people are finding new ways to trick these systems. Anything from cutting the eyes out of pictures, using artificial intelligence to help make those little pictures move and and, and seem real. This past year, from June 2020 to January 2021, there was more than 80,000 attempts to fool the selfie step in the government ID matchups. This is when people are trying to claim unemployment benefits. So people are trying to fool these systems. And you wrote a piece looking into a lot of different aspects of this. So help us walk through some of this. I'll just start out by saying that when I started researching this piece, the first example I got came from China, where a couple of fraudsters had found a way to hack a facial recognition system used by the government tax agency to, in a convoluted series of steps, fake something like $70 million worth of tax invoices and basically net that amount of money. And they were essentially using artificial intelligence-powered videos of fake faces to get through the system. And as I was writing the piece, I I thought, oh, it sounded like this was kind of an isolated incident. It was um, didn't sound particularly widespread. But then I talked to a facial recognition company in the United States that said, as you pointed out those numbers, something like 80,000 attempts had been made. These We're talking people with masks, literally wearing masks, trying to fool this step in uh, the state unemployment agency app instead of showing their face, they show a mask. And some of them were actually getting through. I mean, they were also using these deep fakes. These are like computer generated images created by AI of of a fake face. And some of these images were actually tricking the system. This isn't just something that was happening in China. It's happening in the United States as well. 
there was a, a photo that you put in your article that was provided by that company, ID.me. Were those actual photos of people that were trying to fool the system? Yeah, they were actual pictures of people who were trying to fool wow. the system. And if you look at the picture, they're very creepy. <laughs> yeah, they're so cre- That's they're why I had so to creepy. ask. These masks, they're like these kind of looks like wax dripping off someone's face. Yeah. Or like one of these really ugly plastic masks. And, and a lot of those didn't work. But there were others that did work. And one example is there's this picture that they sent me of a woman. She's got lovely kind of straight hair and a nice kind of small smile. And it's a completely fake face. It's generated by artificial intelligence. It's a deep fake. And that was one of the types of images that actually did trick the system. Another way that you can trick some of these systems, I was told by another security expert who has done this, is to take a printed photo of someone else's face and cut out the eyes, hold that photo in front of your face so that your eyes show through and you can move your eyes and blink a little. And that can potentially trick some facial recognition systems because they're looking for what they call liveness. They want to see um, an eye blinking or moving around, and that's kind of enough to pass the threshold to get through. I mean, if anything, everybody listening out there should go check out Parmi's piece just for those creepy pictures, Uh, because it it does illustrate. I mean, sometimes you think like that's never going to work, but sometimes, as you mentioned, it does. So this is uh, in these kind of incidents right now. But, you know, a lot of people are looking to the future of how this could even expand. You know, people are also looking at, you know, what you mentioned in the article, uh, creating Frankenstein faces. So taking eyes from one picture and mouths from another picture and then kind of do what they're called synthetic identity fraud, creating new identities so you can, whatever, claim some benefits or whatever, and it's just a completely fake person at that point. So this is kind of like the evolution of it that people are worried about. Exactly. And this synthetic identity fraud isn't just creating new faces and making these Frankenstein faces by taking a nose here and an eye there or, or whatever, even completely making a new face with AI, but also bringing together this person's social security number or this bit of location data or this birth date and just creating a whole new identity. And apparently, and this was according to Experian, the credit scoring company, and they said this is actually the fastest growing type of financial crime right now. Wow. And just trying to create these new identities and then claim whatever benefits that they can. Looking on the other side of things, you know, one of the facial recognition tools that we use pretty much every day, it seems like, is our phones. How does that work? And are are people trying to hack into those? Because, you know, my understanding, you wrote about it too, at least on the Apple side of things, your iPhones, those are pretty hard to fake. Those are pretty hard to crack. 100%. And it's an important distinction to make because whether you're on a Samsung phone or another Android phone, and in particular the iPhone, the iPhone's Face ID is actually one of the most difficult facial recognition systems to fool. And that's in large part because it uses the hardware of the phone. It uses this dot projector that puts these thousands of invisible dots on your face to create a depth map. And then it also captures an infrared image of the face. You can't really do that without using the hardware of the phone. So it's a combination of really clever machine learning algorithms plus the hardware. And you've got this really secure system. The problem is that if you are using a banking app or you're trying to go onto a government app, perhaps apply for unemployment benefits, 
These third parties cannot use Face ID to onboard people. And that's because Apple has this very strict rule about privacy that the data that Face ID collects should never leave an iPhone. And so these banks can't actually use that to onboard customers. And so when you log into your banking app, you can use Face ID, that's fine. But if you're, when you're first registering, that's the kind of weak point that security researchers are a little bit concerned about. So now the question is, you know, how do we fight this type of, you know, trying to fool the facial recognition? And a lot of it has to do with more AI, training it better to recognize the fakes and, and all that. That's right. It's just a lot of extra training that you have to do. And I've spoken to a few security researchers about it. And this, this type of spoofing is known as a presentation attack. And people in the field of biometrics are very familiar with that term. And it's a constant race to try and prevent these presentation attacks from happening. And one way is to simply, when you're training a system to recognize a person's face, you have to train it to also recognize all the other potential different varieties of that face. So that face wearing certain glasses or wearing a hat. And sometimes researchers have found that if they wear a hat or a pair of glasses that actually have special designs on the glasses, that if they're specially calibrated, they can actually trick the facial recognition algorithm into thinking that person is someone else like wow. Elon Musk or a celebrity, JK Rowling. So you have to train the system to anticipate every single one of those possible possibilities. And that takes a lot of time and a lot of money. Parmi Olson, technology reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. The plant's been operating for 80 years, and the environmental impact of the plant has never been better. We think Bitcoin is here to stay, and we really see Greenwich as a model for what the rest of the industry can do. Joining us now is Gretchen Morganson senior financial reporter for the NBC News investigative unit. Thanks for joining us, Gretchen. Anytime, Oscar. On Seneca Lake, this is one of the largest finger lakes in upstate New York. There's a power plant there that is used for Bitcoin mining. They have about 8,000 computers there running 24-7. They're using the power from the power plant to run the very energy-intensive computers. But residents in the surrounding area are saying that... Uh, it's polluting the lake. It's uh, making the lake a lot hotter. They say it's like swimming in a hot tub. So, Gretchen, tell us a little bit more about this story and, and, and you know, all this kind of how it all fits together. Well, first of all, as you know, Bitcoin is an immensely popular, very volatile cryptocurrency. A lot of interest in it. A lot of people who, uh, you know, want to want to think of it as the future, you know, for security purposes. But, you know, the problem with Bitcoin, and this is not the fact with all cryptocurrencies, but the problem with Bitcoin is this really intensive energy usage that is required to solve Bitcoin puzzles to uh, mine the cryptocurrency. So you have immense requirements for energy. And you've even had the Chinese government coming out and saying that the energy aspect of Bitcoin mining is a problem. I think Elon Musk has even said this, and he's a fan. So it's an issue that has really not been worked out. In this particular case, 
you have a plant in a small town in upstate New York that was mothballed. It was not operating. It was an old coal facility. Then this company came along and repurposed it to natural gas, which is a little bit cleaner than coal, but it is still a fossil fuel and still generates greenhouse gases. Repurposed the plant was you know, in the early days in 2017 until about 2019, was basically providing surplus energy to the grid when the grid needed it, you know, at peak usage period. But then they started mining Bitcoin. And what happened was the CO2 equivalent, the carbon equivalent emissions really have exploded. And that's the issue I think has gotten the locals really riled up. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned in the article, there's a lot of private equity firms that go through this process, buying power plants, keeping them operational, hoping that they can sell them off. A lot of times they leave a mess behind just because they're not, you know, they're not doing it up to snuff and whatnot. But in this case, that's not necessarily so. The environmental impacts of this plant, this is a a greenage, they're not, you know, going overboard or anything. So that's kind of one of the catch 22s of this is that, yes, they're operating at a higher capacity than they were before, but it's not, they're not going overboard. And I guess that's kind of where uh, some people find that problem. You know, they've created jobs, they've provided economic support to the surrounding area. And so some people don't know what to do with it. You know, of course, everything has the pluses and the negatives. In this case, they did create 31 full-time jobs in, uh, you know, an area that had been maybe perhaps depressed a bit. But, you know, I think that everyone can agree that if these kinds of operations were run on renewable energy or some sort of energy that wasn't necessarily as carbon-intensive, it would be better. You know, yes, this plant is operating within its permits. It's not like it's operating, you know, over and above what it's allowed to. But the growth in the carbon emissions is what's worrying the local people. And, you know, it just is an issue that people have to work out. Now, the Department of Environmental Conservation in New York has been asked to take a look at this permit, their air permit, and that permit is coming due in September. And so some of the people in the area have asked the DEC to take a really hard look, to sort of not just look at it as renewing a permit, but looking at it sort of fresh with this idea of greenhouse gas emissions being a problem. How much Bitcoin is this power plant generating right now? Well, interestingly, uh, they had said, I think that they had, as of February 28th, during the previous 12 months, these are the most recent figures, they had mined 1,186 bitcoins at a cost of about $2,800 each. And as you know, Oscar, bitcoin's trading around 34000 right now. So right. that is an enormous profit margin for them and just really ensures that they're going to keep at it. Yeah, definitely. They're making a lot of money. They Obviously, they're going to have to sell it off to make that money, but, you know, I'm sure they're on top of it. Water is a huge issue on this. And, you know, going back to the beginning, right, residents are saying that the lake there is warmer than it usually is. So they generate a lot of heated water. As we mentioned, they're operating within their permits and all, but this is becoming an issue right now, too. 
So the plant takes in 139 million gallons of water every day and discharges 135 million. They are allowed to discharge at temperatures as high as 108 degrees Fahrenheit in the summer and 86 degrees in the winter. And so the issue is, is this harming the fish? Is this creating toxic algae blooms? Are these high temperatures a problem? Now, we can't have a definitive answer to that until we get a full thermal study that has been promised but is in production now and won't be published until 2023. So it's really something the company says is that the uh, temperatures are not that high. They cited some uh, weeks, March 1st through April 17th. They took some data in. That's the trout spawning season. They said the temperature variation was 46 degrees to 54 degrees. Wasn't that different. So, you know, there's, again, a lot of pros and cons here. But until we get that thermal study, uh, we really can't be sure about these water temperatures. This is a really interesting story because you hear about the environmental impacts and you don't really you can't really picture what it is or how it works. You know, when I think of Bitcoin mining, I think of somebody setting something up in their garage or in their office, running a few computers trying to do this. We know there's bigger mining outfits like this one here, but, you know, you don't hear how it's being run by a power plant and, and you know, just to run these things 24-7. So it's interesting to see what that possible environmental impact really is. And so what we're seeing now is protests in the area. Obviously, people want to raise awareness of this so that it can't be done in the same fashion in other places. But there's been a lot of legal challenges so far to this power plant in particular that have failed. So what are the next steps on this? Well, again, the next step is for the DEC, Department of Environmental Conservation in New York, to rule on the permit for the air. Then the water permit, I believe, is up in 2022. And as far as the concern about other power plants being transformed into this kind of thing, that is a genuine concern because in upstate New York, there are about 30 plants that could be repurposed into Bitcoin mining. And so if you have 30 examples of this kind of thing, then you're really going to have greenhouse gases potentially being a problem if they're being run on fossil fuels. You know, that's a real concern that if this is a test case where the company is allowed to do this and, you know, move forward on it and EPA, DEC, everyone is on board, then potentially 30 other plants could be converted to Bitcoin mining. And that would be a problem because New York has established a law that it will reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 40% by 2030. And if you have 30 plants doing this kind of thing, that reduction is really uh, in peril. You said an interesting test case, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be paying attention how this goes. Gretchen Morganson, senior financial reporter for the NBC News investigative unit. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. 
follow us on iHeartRadio, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Daily Dive is produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive. Daily Dive.